are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how it is our crossover Thursday we dive deep into this Packers Vikings matchup Packers come in two and a half point favorites according to betonline.ag so our friend Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings is here to help us break down what I think is a very intriguing very interesting matchup one that is not being given the credit that it deserves because Minnesota's four and five they could very easily be uh, six and three or seven and two, but they have decided that they want to blow every close game that they're in. And unfortunately for them, this has been a trend and you can't trust their kicker and you can't really trust their quarterback in big moments. And so this is the result. This is the result. And it just is what it is. So we're going to get into a little bit of that, not a little bit, a lot of that here coming up. Before we do, just quickly, because I know Luke and I are going to run long. We always run long. The Packers, with their uh, injuries, Rashawn Gary is considered day-to-day. The MRI must have come back clean, and they are, are I assume, preparing for him to play. Uh, Gary said he was going to just going to brace it up and, and go out there if he could. It sounds like that is indeed going to be the case, um, and, and it looks like he is going to get a chance to play. Some new injuries to keep an eye on. Devontae Adams added to the injury report. That's not ideal, but David Bakhtiari, Malafleur said, you know, they hope he can be out there. He wasn't on Wednesday, though the Wednesday practice was fake. Um, They're trying to give these guys some rest. Aaron Rodgers did not practice or was given a did not practice designation, uh, but he said he is playing on Sunday if you had any doubt. Aaron Jones doesn't sound like he's going to be able to go this week, so that's where we are. Nothing nothing really to be worried about right now, but if we get here on Friday when we do our live stream and Devontae Adams has not practiced all week and it's like, oh, well, I don't know. He did meet with the media on Wednesday. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know that we should be ultra concerned. Um, he doesn't seem that concerned about it, but it is something to, to keep an eye on. So we are going to do that. Let's get into our crossover for this week, Packers Vikings. All right, it's time for another crossover edition. Locked on Packers, Locked on Vikings. I'm Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers. Joining me, as he does every time the Packers play the Vikings, Luke Braun uh, from Locked on Vikings. And Luke, this has been um, a bizarre season, not just for for the two teams that we cover. It's just been every time we think we have this all figured <laughs> out, it just gets just gets crazier and crazier. Yeah. And and. You know, there there is this weirdness on my side with Aaron Rodgers. There is a, a I was going to say legal issue, but it's not quite a legal issue right now with Dalvin Cook that we're, we don't really just even have the bandwidth to get into on this show. But this is this has been a weird Viking season, too. 
Uh, yeah, we're both having Viking seasons, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's welcome to the gallows. We live here. Um, yes. And you, it's you were born a, into that darkness, though. We just adopted it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I had a friend that like lived with his ex-wife for like a year as they were like sorting everything out. And what you're going through really reminds me of that. Uh, I, I think I asked you when we did the ultimate NFC North preview thing, um, I think I asked you, like, is this truly the last dance? And I guess now that we're halfway through the season and it feels like the the emotions have kind of revealed themselves a little more. You said it was. Do you still think that? Man, um, I kind of don't. I really no. I really, you think he stays to 2022? I think there's I think there's a better chance than when we recorded this. The crossovers, yeah, which was what in in August. August, I, I mean, think he had just come back. I think when that had happened, um, I was very dubious. I was like, okay, this is it. This is it. And then you know he's got the nice stuff to say about the front office. Like once every two weeks, he says something nice about the front office. Now, does he ever say Brian Gutekind's name? No. Does he ever say Mark <laughs> Murphy's name? No. But he says nice stuff. He says, oh, this was you know Devondre Campbell, great signing, and it was Russell Douglas, Whitney Merciless, who unfortunately is going to miss the rest of the season now yeah. with this this bicep injury. And I I I thought before the COVID thing happened. Uh, the I own you moment. I mean, that seems yeah. like he, you know, if, if there were questions about, is he all in this season? Um, there are still questions about whether the Packers are, of course, right. Packer fans certainly have those questions, but Rogers being in, he, if, if you're the optimistic kind, if you're the, like, okay, the glass is half full, I think that is the moment where you point to and say, okay, how can you walk away from this, this rivalry? And Roger said after that game, walking off the field, he didn't feel like it was his last game, his last game in this rivalry as, you know, walking off soldier field in the rivalry. And I, he doesn't just say stuff, right? Like he, he is as calculated as anyone, which is why, you know, it, that can sometimes get him into trouble. And I, I, I don't I don't think I don't think this is it. I really don't. Man, it's it'll be a really interesting offseason to watch, right? Because there's going to be suitors. There's going to be teams like throwing draft picks at the Packers and stuff. And we're going to see like, you know, the mood kind of changes as uh, as as things wear on. Well, you have you have other quarterbacks who are going to be available too, right. Russell Wilson is looking more and more by the week like this is headed for divorce. Jimmy Garoppolo almost yeah. certainly going to be on the mood. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson, we don't really know what's going on there, but what's going on there. Yeah, but he could be theoretically on the market. And, you know, like the Browns is Baker Mayfield going to be the quarterback there moving forward. What's what's the situation there? So we could have unprecedented quarterback movement. Derek Carr, if if Russell Wilson wants to be a Raider like Derek Carr could be available. It's it really could be one of the most wild QB off seasons that that we have we have ever seen. We had a crazy one last year, too. I mean, you had the Stafford trade and all you know, all sorts of movement. Yeah. Uh, historic big game winner, Matthew Stafford, going to the Rams. True. Uh, and uh, I, I, like, what is the what is the Kirk Cousins situation? I mean, it seems like he's I, played pretty well this year. Depends on what week you ask me. Uh, <laughs> um, 
look, he is. So I, I think this has been a, a fairly good year. I don't think anything has topped what he did in 2019. I think 2019 was his best year by a long shot. He was phenomenal. Um, but in, in this year, it's probably been more good than bad, but there's been some bad. There's been some of that same kind of paint by numbers problem. Guys streaking open downfield and he never sees it. And, you know, problems with aggression and stuff like that. That's kind of what we're going through right now. But with Kirk, you kind of go through this cycle of like, oh, no, he's being way too conservative. Oh, my God, that was way too aggressive. Dial it back, dial it back. And you kind of are always kind of that's why I have if anybody sees my Twitter after Vikings games, there's the Cousins chaos meter. It's a, a thing I do every week measuring how chaotic he is. Sometimes not enough, sometimes way too much. So we'll see what we get every week. Um, but to me, I think his future in Minnesota if Zimmer and Spielman are still there, I think he's still here. Um, but that's the biggest if, right? If they don't make the playoffs, if Vikings don't make the playoffs, I think you lose the whole trio and, and you just start fresh. I think that's what's going to happen here. You'd be going on three or four years, Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, this whole build, three or four years didn't make the playoffs and they were a sixth seed the one time they did. So yeah, it would be kind of this like, look, this that's, that's a failure. That's not good enough. So, you know, it'd be time to move everything on and then a new coach comes in and they're like, I don't have any attachment to Kirk Cousins and they just trade him off to whoever's willing to take on the contract. The weird thing about Kirk too is the advanced numbers always like him so much more than sure. like the people who watch him every week. And, but, but like pro football focus loves him this year. Uh, that, some of the things that PFF has, has done with Kirk baffle. I mean, they gave him like the best grade on the entire offense in the single game, which was Dallas and Sunday night where I think he was the worst. Right. Um, and, and I think some of that is that PFF doesn't want to guess about reads. And I, I feel more comfortable doing that. You know, I can be a little more subjective than right. they as like an apparatus can be. Um, but here's the thing about, about cousins. If there is a deep receiver streaking open down the field, there are a lot of different barriers that are going to prevent the ball from getting there. Um, either pressure might stop it, and that's a whole other deal. There, He might just not see it. He may have come off that read for some other reason because of the cornerback's leverage or something, and then the safety busts the play and he never sees it. Um, but in this last game against the Chargers, the whole narrative was that like Mike Zimmer went up to him and was like, be aggressive. Take it. Let's do it. If one gets tipped and intercepted, so be it. I'm not going to kill you over it. Just go take the risk and be aggressive. And he went, OK, coach, and then started pushing the ball downfield a whole bunch more and then won the game over it. So I don't know. Maybe he gets a little riskier and then we get into the too chaotic part of things. <laughs> the Goldilocks zone has always been the thing that he has struggled to find the most. Right. And and uh, yeah, that, that first year, that 2019 season, it was like the he played his best games against Green Bay, it seemed like. And and like that that first game where he comes back in the second half and he's he's getting demolished and he's like throwing these yeah. dimes down the field. And it's just like, I, what are you what are you supposed to do? There is that feeling that, like when he's on, when he is an opponent, there is this feeling of like, wait, I thought. But last game he. And yeah. then, <laughs> but and it's He'll just, do that it's, to you. It's more maddening because you know he has these games and these moments where it's totally WTF, and then he has these other moments where it's just like it's WTF the other way, where it's like holy, what? The, how did he just do that? Right. Yeah. All the talent in the world and an absolutely crazy like broken like he spills the chili. Like that's the <laughs> right, right. But when he does it and it's awesome and it's 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 the, like consistency, if you want to put it up to a cliche word, it's it's consistency. He can do this, but can he always do it? You know, that's so that's the deal. But we got a whole other like roster to talk about. Right. So let's do that. Um, the the Vikings. And I was just looking at this. So you look at the football outsiders numbers, DVOA. They're they're four and five, but they're ahead of the Packers in DVOA. 
They're ninth in, in total DVOA. They're 12th in <laughs> offensive DVOA and eighth in defensive DVOA. Oh, how does it taste? It is it, like I'm I'm sort of used to it because they, they like <laughs> DVOA didn't like them in 2019 either. That's so funny. Well, this is such a meme team. Everything about so, them is funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what? No, no, I'm I it's it's uh, it's wild and, and funny. Uh, what what are they doing that you think? the record is not reflecting if anything like do sure. you think this is a four and five team so i don't know if dvoa takes into account penalties because if they don't take into account penalties that explains the difference okay. um from play to play when the play is normal when they get the playoff and they don't hold yeah i think that they are uh, like from in in the normal parts of games they are a good team but again it's it's consistency so they will put up 500 yards in a game like the game against carolina and that thing still goes into overtime even though you got sam darnold you win the turnover battle you win they they're the only team in the league who have won who have led every game by seven or more points they're four and five. They've blown leads. They have had a, a particularly difficult job scoring when they have the lead. Um, all the players have used the word complacency. They get a little bit. They kind of rest on their laurels a little bit, and they're trying to get over that. But I think they're they're a younger. T- I mean, they've got some older players like Patrick Peterson who might make his return in this game. Um, you know, like Harrison Smith and stuff that have some experience. But then there's a lot of like first and second year players that just aren't as experienced in like withstanding the the emotional climate of a game and how that kind of ebbs and flows. And so you get a little bit bored, and then you get a little complacent. And then suddenly they just scored a touchdown on you and made it a three point game. And then you panic and then you mess something else up. And now they took the lead. And what? How did we do this? It was, you know, two and a half minutes. We had a 10 point lead and now we're, we're trailing going into halftime. Um, and that, that happens to them constantly. And then it just kind of comes down to did they or didn't they make the field goal at the end of the game? And that's every single game. So I, I, please enjoy the chaos fest that we are going to throw at you on Sunday. <laughs> we are going to make you forget what sport you were you meant to be watching. Um, and then if, if anything else, you're going to also fall apart after playing the Vikings, which has been a weird curse. All of our opponents have completely laid an egg the next game. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting is the Packers and the Vikings actually have the same number of estimated wins by the football outsiders number 6.4. <laughs> so the Packers have played a little above that. The Vikings have played a little below and same quality of team, same quality of quarterback numbers don't lie. Makes you think. It really does make you think. Look, they're, they're also um, the least variant team in the league by Football Outsiders number. The most consistent team in the league, which just is not true. But the Packers are? No, the Vikings. Oh, yeah, that's something's wrong with that stat. Then <laughs> that's not it. I saw that. I just went, wait, I, I literally I was, as I was looking at it and I just pulled it up. I pulled down the bar to make sure I was reading the variance thing right because I saw one and I was like, oh, so they're the most inconsistent team in the league. That makes sense. And then I saw, no, no, ranked from most consistent, a.k.a. lowest variance, to least consistent, a.k.a. highest variance, and they are number one. So there, there are two parts of this that that I want to ask you about, and we're already running long because we're having fun. Yeah. Um, the, the offensive line has been a question in Minnesota. I don't know. When was Dennis Green the coach? And then yeah. the, 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 <laughs> this is the Steve Hutchinson era. Right. And then there's a lot of turnover and new players in the secondary. So let's start with the offensive line. Sure. Uh, what is what is the current situation there with how that group is playing? Sure. Uh, left to right. Christian Derrissaw, rookie. 
playing pretty good for a rookie. Still a rookie. Uh, he kind of got he got beat up a little bit against the Chargers. I thought that was kind of his worst outing so far, but it wasn't disastrous or anything. So I think he's he's going to be good. And right now he's OK. Um, you have Ezra Cleveland playing at left guard. I might be the single lowest person on him in the Vikings fan base. He's made a lot of quiet mistakes that mm-hmm. I don't think really like flash. So you don't get a lot of headlines about it. Um, but there's some stuff that like bothers me about just, you know, uh, the, the way that he makes decisions in like pass pro and stuff and some of the like reading stunts and more granular stuff. Um, but he's like, I don't know, he's been fine. He still just processes things like uh, he's used to being a tackle where you have a beat versus guard where you're in a phone booth. You got to get set up right away. Um, the center position, we're kind of going through a thing right now. Um, the center Garrett Bradbury went on COVID. He's back as of uh, Tuesday. He's back in the building, but Mason Cole played pretty well. And when asked about like if Mason Cole might stay in the starting lineup, Zimmer was kind of cagey about it. And, and Bradbury's had this like power issue for a long time. You probably have a, a few Kenny Clark highlights in mind when you, when you think about him. Sure do. Um, and then right guard is Oli Udo. A, another tackle playing guard. So we actually have four tackles on the line right now. Uh, he's been a catastrophe. He His eyes are terrible. He can't see. He, he's really, really bad at, at reading what he's supposed to do with guard. In Is particular, the LASIK that Jameis got? <laughs> maybe. Uh, in particular, it's zone blocking he struggles with. He, there are a lot of plays where he's supposed to kind of combo up to the second level and he just doesn't. He's just like, it's like the offensive line version of blowing a coverage. You just don't, didn't do the right assignment. And that's, he's mm-hmm. new to the position and he's struggling with that. But he's got a lot of power, a lot of athleticism. So I can see why they've stuck by him, but he's the guy right now. And then Brian O'Neill's been a, a super reliable stalwart over there mm-hmm. on the on the right side, totally playing up to that contract. But it's the interior is in a little bit of flux right now. If it, if it were up to me and Mason Cole has played well in the last couple of games, I'd put him in at right guard where he's played before. I think he's earned that. And I think Oli Udo has earned a benching more than Garrett Bradbury has. But I, I have no idea what they're going to do. I asked also about the the secondary. I mentioned Patrick Peterson. We, we know Harrison Smith, but there's been some some flux around them. Um, but they, they still, I mean, this, this Mike Zimmer's the coach, so it almost doesn't matter. They're, they're yeah. still going to, they're still going to do things that annoy quarterbacks. They're still going to create problems for, for opponents. So what is working for them on that side of the ball? Sure. Before Patrick Peterson um, hurt, got hurt and went on IR, he was playing pretty well in the like match quarters that the Vikings do. Um, the Cardinals asked him during the last year, the Cardinals asked him to play like pure man a ton. And basically people would just motion their favorite player into the slot. Patrick Peterson would then become a slot corner, which he is not good at and then get torched. Mm-hmm. So the Vikings haven't had asked him to do any of that. They've given him a little bit of inside help. I mean, he's not like a cover two corner they're hiding or anything, um, but just, you know, giving him more uh, uh, more sensible assignments for a guy who is not as fast as he used to be. Um, and that's worked out really well. The other corners have been really rough. Bashad Breeland, he's gotten better every game, but he started out on such a poor note that it kind of leaves a bitter taste in all of our mouths. And then there's Cam Dantzler as well, who I, I don't think he might rotate a little bit, but if Patrick Peterson is back, Dantzler would be the one that goes back to the bench. And then you got Mackenzie Alexander. He's been the nickel here for a while, and he's been pretty solid, I think. Um, and then the two safeties, you got Harrison Smith, who's, of course, he's Harrison Smith. Um, he's been on the COVID list, and for a couple of weeks now. So I would think that he comes up, but I don't think it's guaranteed. And then you have Xavier Woods, who I think has been fantastic. He's been kind of one of the real steals of free agency for the Vikings. Mm. Um, Filling in for Harrison Smith has been Cam Bynum, a rookie who is kind of uh, getting all the headlines right now because he has played very, very well for a rookie, considering how complicated it is to play safety in a Mike Zimmer defense. Um, I don't know. With Patrick Peterson back, the secondary is a lot better. But for me... 
Aaron Rodgers has seen this Zimmer defense a million times. He knows how to deal with the cover four stuff that they do. He knows he knows how to find those. You know, they, the, the Packers know how to find those one on ones with Devontae Adams. And so schematically, I think that's the thing. Do, can you get Devontae Adams one on one or can Mike Zimmer scheme so that that doesn't happen to them? And in the past, the Packers have done a really good job of getting Devontae Adams 17 targets in this game for, you know, 200 yards. Um that, that like that's really what the weakness has been and why he's always had such a good game against the Vikings. And if there's going to be something that's going to help that secondary, it's that this this uh, defensive front has has played well. And and I had uh, made some jokes about interior defenders and not being pass rushers, but they've made it work. They they are, I believe, tied for the league in sacks. Um, they are yeah. near the top in adjusted sack rate. I think believe they're fourth in adjusted sack rate. So they've been able to make that work. And, and that's just, I think that's a given really when you play Mike Zimmer, you're going to have to deal with pressure. You're going to have to do, you're going to have to win your one-on-one matchups. Guys are going to be unblocked. Yeah. You're going to have to find your hot. Yeah. And um, and again, that's something that Aaron Rodgers has, has done, but also, I mean, there was, there was a game, what was it? Two years ago where the Packers got off to a hot start and it was 2019 and they, they didn't play as well in the second half. And Aaron Rodgers was asked after the game, what happened? And he said, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's yeah, a really good coach I remember and, that game, yeah. and he has a lot of respect for Mike Zimmer. A lot more to get to on the crossover, but today's episode is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. It was a place for me in college where I would go away from class. No, no, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I would like to go and get my, uh, McDouble and some fries and hang out with my friends. Not that I was skipping class necessarily, but you know, we'll, we'll, we could talk about that another time. This is a place you always look forward to stopping on a road trip to rest your legs. I went there almost every day after football practice in high school, at least in the preseason. So this is a place that I have a long history with and a place that I know a lot of other people find uh just great it is just a place that brings a lot of joy when you stop to grab some mcdonald's and why well because they have everything you need there and the food wonderful i I can't say enough good things underrated in the fast food world in my opinion you can fight me on it but i'm telling you (laughs) i i am loving it today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at get upside an incredible app everyone needs to know about if you buy gas get upside is an opportunity to get you paid doing something you're already doing. You have to put gas in your car. Right now, that's expensive. So why not get some money just for doing a thing you were already going to do? Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN after you download the GetUpside app, wherever you get your apps. Put in the promo code TOUCHDOWN, you get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on that first fill up. So you're getting 50 cents, up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. They're going to give you money for buying gas and there's no catch. Just get the money out whenever you want. Put it in your bank account, put it on a PayPal account, put it on your gift card, Amazon, whatever you need. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on that first tank. All right, continuing on here with Crossover Thursday, I'm Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL with Locked On Vikings. Peter Bukowski here, Locked On Packers at Peter underscore Bukowski. I have a bunch of burning questions about the Packers, and I guess my first one is, I mean, I have my familiarities with the Packers from from seasons of old, but obviously every year is different. What I know the Packers offensively to want to be is 
30 Devontae Adams targets and then like some run plays and no Aaron Jones in this game. So I'm going to yeah. guess it's going to be more like 35, 40. Devont- Is that still who they are or are they spreading it out more than I'm used to? First of all, Luke, if you have um, any burning, you should see a doctor about that. That's a separate <laughs> issue we can talk about off the air. Um, you know, well what? past doctors. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really depends on the matchup. And uh, there, you know, some teams try harder to take away all the Devontae Adams targets than others. Um, and so th- then they feel like they need to go to plan B. I think in, in a perfect world, they want to find a balance between, okay, here is the 10 to 15 Devontae Adams targets that they want to get a game. And then here are the five to 10 other times when Devontae Adams is a decoy, when he is drawing Mm -hmm. coverage away from the other guys and they're running combination routes on the other side of the field and they're taking shots on the other side of the field. And they do a really great job of using Devontae Adams on inbreakers where he's there really just to hold a safety, especially against sure. quarters and, and those two shell. That's been one of their two shell beaters is or if you're gonna if you're gonna play that, whether it's cover two, whether it's cover four, whatever you whatever you're in, he is coming across the formation, challenging that safety, and then they're running a deep over or they're running something in behind to get that safety in conflict and mm-hmm. into that vacated space. And they had it actually uh on um it was it was yeah, it was last week and they just didn't have time to get to it. So they they do they do a really good job of of creating those opportunities. They haven't hit them as often this year, um, just sort of by happenstance, whether it's there was pressure early or a receiver falls down or something like that. Um, the, the offense has not quite hit the kind of levels of in sync that we saw last year. Part of that is injuries. Marquez Valdez Scanling was out for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae Adams had COVID. Al Lazard missed that same game. And then Aaron Rodgers had game, COVID. Right? Yeah. So you're, you're just now seeing everything come together. And and something that I think probably um, your listeners would not have noticed unless they were paying really close attention the last two weeks is the four wide receiver set is something we have not seen in Green Bay in a long time, probably since like 11, 12. And they went to it the last two weeks, 26% of snaps are in 10 personnel where they're going with Adams, Cobb, MVS, and Lazard plus a running back and they're, they're doing some where they're playing an empty. They're doing some where they're playing in shotgun and they're using Randall Cobb in a sort of uh, makeshift running back role where he's playing in the backfield and then motioning out, or he's motioning across the formation into the backfield and then in swing motion. And they've got an RPO that they run off that. So right, they're, yeah. they're doing some really interesting things to combat teams who want to play that two shell. If you're going to play that too high coverage, and the Packers go four receivers. If you're in dime, now you're really small. And with AJ Dillon in the backfield, if you've got five guys in the box, well, now here's 250 pounds of AJ Dillon. Let me yeah, well now we yeah. Let me introduce AJ Dillon. And if you're going to bring the safety down, now you're in single high coverage against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and and right. this is what they do. So I think this is one of their two high counters. So it's, I'm, I'm really, I'm really anxious to see what that looks like. They, you know, the first week they did it with Jordan love, uh, and, and that different went a, conversation, different conversation, <laughs> although they did, they actually did hit a couple things out of it. Um, but again, it's different. And then Rogers with no practice. So I yeah. think this is going to be something that we continue to see, especially with Aaron Jones out that 
also opens up opportunities for other guys to get involved just because there's more guys on the field to get involved. Yeah. So we've had this whole thing with our, our backup safety, Cameron Bynum, the rookie, been in for Harrison Smith playing really well. And, and a lot of people like a lot of my mailbag questions in the Twitter Tuesday mailbags we do here were like, can we get three safeties on the field? This seems like a perfect time to do that because you can still have just an, like enough size. But also, I mean, those guys can cover, you know, you're not putting in extra linebackers or anything like that. Um, but I, I want to flip over to to the Packers Steve defense Irwin's here. Is that one linebacker, too, because he can erase yeah. a lot of issues. Right. Well, I, we, every Vikings fan will remember the end of the Lambeau game, the wind game last year, mm. um, where Devonte Adams ended up on Eric Kendricks one on one as the third, the three wide receiver in a, like a trip formation, like the classic thing that the national championship last year, like that whole thing. And Kendricks just manned up and won the rep and it turned into a sack fumble. Um, and that happened. I think that was twice in a row that the, the Packers like found that kept going to it. And Kendricks kept miraculously keeping up um, so very interesting stuff between, you know, Lafleur and Zimmer and, and this yeah. wonderful rivalry. Um, but I, I want to flip to the other side here because so no Rashawn Gary. I, I, what's the status of, of Kenny Clark for this game? Um, Kenny, Clark, and, and, well, Kenny Clark seems like he's going to be a go. And Rashawn Gary, okay. Rashawn Gary says he's going to try and do the thing. Um, but we'll we'll see where they stand. He, he's gonna, apparently going to try and brace it up and and go. We'll we'll see what the okay. injury report looks like moving forward, um, unless I miss something. But that's that's where they are. We they, we we do not have clarity right now on, on his it. status. And full disclosure, we're recording this Tuesday night, so we haven't seen a single injury report as of this particular conversation. Um, so okay, so with maybe more of a full strength front than, than what I understand. Uh, here's my question for everybody. I do these crossovers with you're in the Vikings room. What are you suggesting to attack the Packers? What's, what's the thing the Packers don't want to see? Like how, how would you go attack them? Stay committed to the run game. Okay. And uh, you, you have to punish them for playing light boxes. They played a light box against the Seahawks on 97% of snaps. And then the Seahawks of all teams didn't run. That's insane. It's wild. Uh, I don't I don't know what to tell you, but the, the, the way that you beat this Packers team is the same way that the Vikings beat them last year. It is let Dalvin Cook cook. And and and, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, completed like 12 passes in that game or something crazy. And yeah, and none of them more than 10 yards. No wind this field. time. <laughs> it's in, it's indoors. Mike, Mike no tornadoes. Clinton, well, what's what's so wild is Mike Patton decided in a game where the wind is blowing a million miles an hour, they're going to play everyone back and let Kirk Cousins complete these short passes. And it's just yeah. like the this defense does not do that. Um, they're they're so much more prepared week to week. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of amazed at at the defensive turnaround on this team because their their coverage ability, their pass rush. It's just so much more consistent down to down week to week than it was last year. But the run defense is still a problem because they still want to play these light boxes. They found a little bit of something. Kenny Clark in the rookie TJ Slayton, who is a big effing dude um, in the middle. And they're doing a lot of the kinds of things that you're seeing college teams do. Let's put three big bodies, basically three defensive tackles out there and play these like modified sure. bear, bear fronts. Tighten it up. Yep. And then you're you're still getting your your pass rushers on the field on the edge but then you get to play small behind and that is that has been working so far for this team and part of it is because Devondre Campbell has been 
You know, he has been Kendricks-esque in his ability to get sideline to sideline to affect the run game, to affect the passing game. He's been as good a linebacker as the Packers have had since, you know, a 10-game stretch of Desmond Bishop in 2010. Oh, my God. (laughs) Seriously, that's it. That's it. That's the list, Luke. (laughs) All right, so betonline.ag currently has this game Packers minus two and a half uh, Vikings at home uh, you got a pick you gonna bet this one I no I will not be betting this one I will be keeping my money <laughs> in my pocket on this one yes thank you it's probably a good idea but if you guys disagree with us you want to go gamble on it check out betonline.ag they just redesigned and overhauled their whole website so they've got a great live betting apparatus that's my favorite i love being able to kind of feel the like flow of a game see if i can't see like predict the comeback uh and you can also find a great player props tool you can bet on pro football college football basketball hockey whatever's going on even your favorite vegas casino games or mma and ufc head on over to betonline.ag it's free to sign up if you haven't already and you can enter promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d O-N, all one word, you get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever your first deposit is, BetOnline will match half of that and toss it right into your account as free play money. That's BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. BetOnline, where the game starts. So if if you're just going to say, okay, if if the Vikings can do this thing, it will decide whether they win or lose. What is that one thing? So the answer to this could be the same for every single game, and it is don't go backwards. If they could just avoid going backwards, and they are so good at going backwards, whether it's a holding penalty, whether it's a weird illegal formation, whether it's, I mean, they had a, a play where they had Dalvin Cook ran the wrong route, and uh, Kirk Cousins tried to check down to nobody, and it was an intentional grounding penalty. They Against the Chargers, if you just look at like the play-by-play of that game, just look at like the play log, it's like second and 20, third and 19. Like It's insane, and they got out a lot of those situations, but obviously that's stupid unsustainable so don't go backwards and i think they can hang with just about anybody but they are incapable of not going backwards whether it's you know sacks or or they've a run play that loses eight yards i mean just like they are inventing new ways to embarrass themselves and if they can just stay clean they can do it and if you want a more packer specific answer i'll probably just steal from what you said to me which is if they can run the ball um if the vikings can get dalvin cook setting up second and twos, second and threes and stuff. Um, that's when they just march down the field. Um, if they are, they're going to try to run the ball. I know everybody wants everything to be a pass all the time and everybody wants to be the bills, but it, they're going to run the ball. If those plays go for a yard, things gets, get tough. If those plays go for eight, things get easy. And it's a pretty basic answer. Um, but I think there's a lot's going to come down to what happens in the trenches. They, they get eight, or more a lot against the Packers. And so this is going to be a great test for this, for this green Bay front. I think for, for green Bay, um, if, if I'm looking at it that way, my answer is don't turn it over because of everything that you are saying, let the Vikings beat themselves because man, they, they want to do it. They just want so badly to do it. And if you let them, you win. 
play a clean game yeah and the vikings and and say okay vikings if you can play a clean game we'll have a game here and if not we just take our dub and we go home and I, so many teams i mean the bengals got to win that way um the, the, the cowboys got to win the ravens got to win that way it's it, yeah it's like they like how good do you actually have to be to beat the vikings you just have to be clean you have to be yourself um there's there's so much like interesting history though between like you know zimmer's been playing aaron Rodgers year after year after year and his coverages still exist in the same world he's not doing as much single high as he used to it's a lot more too high and things have changed since you know the great mcveigh beatdown of 2018 and <laughs> as things move on and how good are your corners and all that stuff um but i i think the big key to me is how often is Devonte adams one-on-one you know, you say some teams like to take those targets away from Adams and then you have to go to plan B. I would much rather play against plan B than against the Devonte Adams show because we do not have the horses to keep up with. But Shad Breeland is not going to keep up with Devonte Adams one on one all day. It's been a long time since, you know, 2017 peak Xavier Rhodes. We just don't have that guy anymore. And even then, those were great battles and Devontae would win some and Xavier would win some. Yeah, and, and it was and young Devontae, too. Like he wasn't like I don't think he was fully into it. Like it, like he didn't come into his own for a couple of years. And then by the time he did, then Rhodes was starting to fall off. So we didn't get like the real. And, and in fact, I think if you're if you're going to ask Packer fans, they're going to tell you that they realized when Devontae was Devontae because he started to beat guys like Xavier Rhodes during yeah. a slay in the division. And it was like, oh, OK, this guy is this guy is real. Unfortunately for the Vikings, Devontae has saved some of his best games for uh, the Vikings, including and especially week yeah. one of last year, where it was just like, we keep oh, letting okay. him be one on one. He's Dread the best receiver insane. in the league now. I get it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's going to be a, a fun game. I, I, I do. It does have that. I've had a lot of questions about trap game. It does have that. Feel <laughs> oh, come on. A little that bit. bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, just because it's the Rams next week. And then yeah. and then coming off a bye. Coming off well, and then you you have these emotional wins. Uh, Rogers is back now, and it's like okay, so now now we get to show. And Packer fans saw what happened in Week One when the team gets a little a little confident, feeling itself a little bit, and comes out mm-hmm. and goes, "Oh, we can just beat this team." And that's just that's just not the way it works. Plus, it's not just that it's the Rams next week; it's the Rams next week, and it's a bye. And mm-hmm. so to that, I, this team, Matt LaFleur admitted it. I, I can't remember the last time I heard a head coach admit his team is really tired. They're really tired. And Late by, yeah. this is, this is another reason why, you know, whether it's a trap game or just one of those games where they're really going to have to fight it to get up and, and, and match the intensity of the moment. Cause you know, Minnesota is going to come ready. I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's not that I'm worried about that, but it is just something to keep an eye on that. They, this is the late buy for green Bay. Um, they've been through a lot already, you know, Devontae Adams. still coming back from COVID Aaron Rodgers still coming back from COVID and they're banged up. No Jair Alexander knows yeah. Darius Smith. And that reduces your margin for error. So just, just something to keep an eye on here as we move forward. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, w- real quick. Um, no Jair Alexander. So the Vikings are making like this crazy point about we're going to push it more to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen downfield with no Jair Alexander. What's the plan to to deal with that? They play sides. So okay. and it's, it's going to be Eric Stokes on the offense's right. And it's going to be a mix of Kevin King and Russell Douglas on the offense's left. And <laughs> um, Russell Douglas has been very good since coming to Green Bay. I, 
way exceeded my expectations. Um, I think he might have had the worst game of his life last time he was in Green or he was in U.S. Bank. It was 2019 that, when he was with the Eagles. That and that may very well be the case. Um, he has been a different player. You know who else has been a different player the last month? Kevin King. He has played his best football as a Packer. He had a PFF grade over 90 last week. Oh, look at the kid go. Unbelievable. (laughs) Um, Do I buy it? Uh, Well, uh, but this secondary has played tremendous, tremendous. Eric Stokes does not play like a rookie. And um, he, his speed shows up consistently. He plays so sticky. I am so excited to see him get to see because he's going to see one of those guys probably you know almost every play i know they like to put jj in the slot and they'd like to put Thielen in the slot but i, I like put him I on your think, worst guy i still think you're gonna you're gonna have an opportunity to see air stokes on one of those two guys a lot and that's that's a really exciting prospect for 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 us just as viewers of football because i think it's going to be great should be should be a really fun game man uh and then I we get wait. to do this all again in week 17 after uh it won't matter and we'll all play backups after the division is over by December. It's great. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And we'll be talking about who the next Vikings coach is going to be. I, I can't wait for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this coach is, it off your staff. <laughs> probably that future, future Vikings coach, Nathaniel Hackett. You'd love to see it. <laughs> All right. That was our crossover edition. We will catch you tomorrow. Our live stream is the same as it always is. 530, 630 East. And then we will stream after the game on Sunday in uh, another one of our YouTube specials. So the, the show will be out early if you are a YouTube listener or watcher. Otherwise, it will hit your feed on Monday morning. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.